0: Okay, mint, 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 okay You wouldn't pay $15 for a cold brew And you'd never spend $250 to see a movie So why are you paying so much for your cell phone plan? Mint Mobile offers premium wireless plans for $15 a month That's Hey a- Jimmy, honey, do you want pasta? Hey mom, I'm recording right now Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash explained. Upfront payment of $45 required equivalent to $15 a month. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
1: Hey, Jimbo, I'm going to heat up some pasta just in case, okay? You need your energy. may
2: Up until a few weeks ago, you had to be a tennis fan to know who Peng Shuai was. But then she said something the Chinese government didn't like. And then her name rang out until this week, when Peng Shuai transcended tennis, she changed how international sports reckon with authoritarianism in China. On the show today, we're going to figure out how that happened starting with Pung's story. John Wertheim from Sports Illustrated is here
3: to tell it. Peng Shuai um, was or is. There seems to be some discussion about whether she is retired or is merely taking a break. She's a tennis player in her mid-30s.
4: Peng is a Chinese
3: tennis champion who was once ranked world number one in doubles. She is the not a star. Season. She's not Serena Williams. But she's a credible player that casual fans have probably heard of. Shuai, who was dumped out of the early stages of the ladies' singles, appears to be thriving on the double circuit. And her she, the net, along with extra. Li Na, were the first of this this wave of Chinese players.
1: This morning, the world wants to know, where is Peng Shuai, the tennis star not seen or heard from in public for weeks, since accusing a former senior Communist Party official of sexual assault?
3: In November, she had a, a very long post detailing what, you know, by Western standards, would, would be a Me Too allegation against a high-ranking member of the CCP. Zhang Gaoli, who is 75, a high-ranking member of the Chinese Communist Party and former Vice Premier. This was a long, it was about 1,600-word account. It had these, these literary metaphors.
4: You talked to me about how the universe was so big and how the Earth was only a grain of sand in the universe. We humans were less than even a grain of sand. You said a lot of other things, too, all to try to ease my mind and make me forget.
3: And it had names and dates and people. You retired,
4: and you contacted me through Dr. Liu at the Tanjin Tennis Center. You asked me to play tennis with you at the Kongming Ming building in Beijing. That morning after we played, you and your wife Kang Jia took me to your home.
3: And th- this was not someone hacked by Twitter and I walked this back and repudiate what was sent. I mean, this-, this was a very long, heartfelt account.
2: Very important to this story is whom she's accusing in the letter. Tell us about whom she's accusing.
3: Peng Shuai is-, is accusing a now former high-ranking member of of the CCP. I mean, by by some counts, it was the the third most powerful man in China. He is twice her age. He is married. By this account, it it was a long-running affair that sort of turned into something non-consensual. But by by any definition, this would, would be a real scandal. And within half an hour, it was scrubbed and disappeared from the Internet. That was November 2nd. No one has seen her since.
1: The editor of a state-run tabloid suggests Pong will make an appearance soon, though not even state media seems to have direct contact with her.
2: What's the response to The Post, even though it was on the internet for merely, whatever, 30 minutes?
3: You know, I, I think this is one of these strives effects where The Post made a bit of news, but I think what really... Intensified all this was the response. The fact that this was suddenly censored and scrubbed, and the fact that you could not, uh, if you put Punctuai's name into the Chinese equivalent of Google, nothing came up, and the fact that no one knew where she was. I mean, she really hadn't surfaced for weeks after this explosive allegation. Nobody had heard from her. So I, I think the, the allegations, um, sort of the initial post was a, a bit of a ripple, but I think the real fallout came when people saw the response of, of China.
2: At what point does this turn from, like, a thing that happened in China to a thing that the tennis world and maybe, you know, the world at large starts to notice?
3: I would say between 10 and 14 days after this initial allegation, there was this, you know, it sort of started like like so many things do. It started on social media and it turned into a hashtag
4: inevitably. High-profile players voiced their support amid fears she went missing. Naomi Osaka tweeted, censorship is never okay at any cost. I hope Hang Shui and her family are safe and okay. And
3: essentially the women's tennis took took a very hardline stance and to me as, as someone who's covered a number of sports, this was strikingly at odds with what has happened when other sports and other businesses have uh, have taken issue with Chinese policy. Women's Tennis Association essentially said this is not okay. Please furnish us proof that this player is okay, and we demand a a full and fair investigation into these claims. The chairman and CEO of the organization, Steve Simon, released a statement today saying in part, quote, The WTA and the rest of the world need independent and verifiable proof that she is safe. I have repeatedly tried to reach her via numerous forms of communication to no avail. You know, this is not a big institution with a huge corporate PR department. I mean, I think this is just... A business leader saying, "Hey, not right," and firing off this letter, and it really sort of ignited this firestorm.
2: How does China respond to this outcry?
3: China, as as, as you might expect, sort of had this fairly forceful response. Uh, there was this very strange note that was issued through Chinese we state media.
4: Of an email, Peng allegedly sent to the Women's Tennis Association. <laughs> The allegation of sexual assault is not true, she wrote. I'm not missing, nor am I unsafe.
3: Essentially saying, please leave me alone. Everything is fine. And I walk back what I said. Huh. And it was strange in a vacuum. It also was strange. I, I came across an email somebody had sent me 15 years ago when Peng Shui was just starting her career. And it basically said, this is a promising player, but she's challenging Chinese authority and she doesn't want to share her prize money with the state and she doesn't like being told who her coach is she wants to have agency to hire her own coach so there's a history here of independence what you might even say is activism of challenging authority so the idea that this player who even 15 years ago was known for challenging authority who launches this 1600 word manifesto would then walk it back and essentially say leave me alone I I think that strained credulity and uh Women's Tennis returned, served and basically said, not good enough. We we don't think she wrote this letter. Please furnish us with this player. Please conduct this investigation we've demanded. And if not, we're prepared to take our business elsewhere.
2: What comes after this letter? I mean, how are people eventually satisfied that she might be okay?
3: So Peng Shui has surfaced in a series of videos. Honestly, they they seem a bit reminiscent of hostage videos. You know, my, my captors have been good to me. My captors have treated me Well, They're clearly staged. They're clearly members of the the Chinese Communist Party alongside her. She allegedly had a a phone conversation through Zoom with Thomas Bach of the the IOC. Chinese tennis star Peng Shuai is seen smiling ear to ear in this image from a video call with the International Olympic Committee. The IOC says Peng told them she's safe and well and asked for her privacy. And this is not the way somebody would normally say everything's cool here. Nothing to see. These seem very stage crafted. These seem very managed. People that know Peng Chui well say that this is this is not the kind of diction. This is not the kind of thing she would ordinarily say. There's a video where someone
2: keeps repeating the date, right? As if, like, to to verify that this is a me- this is a video that's coming out. You know, the day of.
3: The the date is continually stressed and repeated, except the one time they got the date wrong and it was they, they had to retape it. I mean, it's, the whole thing is very strange. I mean, again, if you were trying to tell the world, hey hey, I'm cool, nothing to see here, let's move on. This is not how you would ordinarily do it. So there have been this this very strange series of videos. Um, a number of players have tried to get in touch with Peng Shui, um, and they've told me that they've been unsuccessful. The Women's Tennis Association has not had direct contact with, with Peng Shui. They have numbers for her. They have all sorts of uh, ways they've tried to get in touch with her. They have not had direct contact. And you have these videos with, you know, y- yes, uh, she a- appears to be alive crassly, but I'm not sure we know a lot more than that, because uh, these, these are all very strange videos and if, if the goal here is to convey this message of everything's cool here, I'm not sure that is a bit effective. This is a player. You know, she's played against all the greats and she's played all the biggest tournaments. This was sort of a rank and file member of the tour. And I think that's part of it too, that this was a colleague to a lot of these top players. You know, Serena Williams was on the other side of the net. Uh, Naomi Osaka knows who this player is. And I think that um, social justice has been something they haven't been afraid to address. It would be very strange if they suddenly went silent given the the treatment of one of their colleagues. And to their credit, they they have not. They have been very forceful uh, as well.
2: The Women's Tennis Association pulls its tournaments out of China in a minute on Today Explained.
0: Support for this episode comes from Mint Mobile. There's a lot to love about your cell phone. It gets you safely from point A to point B, it can capture some of life's most important memories. Hey, it even does cat memes. But when it comes to your cell phone bill, those warm and fuzzy feelings are nowhere to be found. Enter Mint Mobile.
1: Enter mom. Knock, 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 knock. Honey, Jimbo, I'm coming in.
0: Mom, you can't keep barging into my recording studio like this.
1: <sighs> Honey, recording studio. You mean your bedroom? Oh, oh, it is a mess in here. Uh, time for a vacuum. Just quick, quick vacuum. Hey, can you just give me 10 minutes to finish this? What are you doing in here? What is a Mint
0: Mobile? They do cell phone plans for $15 a month. Huh, well that's too good to be true.
1: I know a scam when I see one, honey.
0: It's not a scam. Look here. Plans come with unlimited talk and text.
1: And high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Oh, oh, that's something. Then I'd have to get a new phone, though, and put all my numbers in there. Uh, That's too much work. Forget it.
0: No, mom, you can keep your phone and all your contacts with any Mint mobile plan. It's really easy. Huh. Same number? Yeah, same number. Okay, so I'm just gonna finish this ad oh, now. Pretend I'm not even here. Not even here. You're standing between me and the computer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash explained. Upfront payment of $45 required. Equivalent to $15 a month. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Mom, the vacuum! The vacuum! You never call. That's because I live here, Mom.
5: I am Tom Goldman. I'm a sports correspondent for National Public Radio. Beautiful. And Tom, the Women's Tennis
2: Association, the WTA, made big news just yesterday when they said they will be suspending their tournaments in China over this Peng Shui
5: situation. Huge deal? Huge deal, Sean. You know, the, the WTA, through its CEO, Steve Simon, had been threatening to do this for several weeks because it was uh, concerned about the, the safety of Peng Shui and it wanted to make sure that her sexual assault allegation against a high-ranking Chinese government official got heard and got investigated.
1: There's too many times in our world today when we get into issues like this that we let business, politics, money dictate uh, what's right and what's wrong.
5: And Steve Simon decided yesterday he hadn't heard enough. And so he, in fact, acted on his threat and pulled uh, WTA events, tournaments, out of China and Hong Kong for the foreseeable future.
1: Uh, We'd like to continue our business in, in the region. We've had a lot of success and we have a lot of friends and good partners in the region. But as we've also said before, this is about the principles we stand for and the principles of women associated with sexual assault trumps everything else.
2: And for people who don't really care much about tennis specifically, why is this a big deal?
5: It's a big deal because what appears to be happening is the WTA is taking a principled stand over A money stand, which most, if not all, sports organizations have done in the past when confronted with a controversy in the People's Republic of China. The WTA stands to lose a lot of money. Uh, Women's tennis has boomed in recent years. On average, the WTA puts on about 10 women's tennis events, including the WTA finals, the 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 end-of-the-season big tournament in China. And, you know, I I reached out to the WTA to get a, a firm dollar sense on what they could lose. I never heard back from them. They had a busy day yesterday. But what we have seen reported consistently is that they could stand to lose hundreds of millions of dollars. They, of course, can relocate tournaments to other parts of the world, but they're still going to take a hit.
2: Let's talk a bit more about the money. How important is the Chinese market to international sports?
5: Hugely important. And not just international sports, you hear it all over business. You know, it's like, look at this huge market. And so it's very important. And you have seen. Over the years, sports leagues getting more and more invested in China. I remember covering uh, the Beijing Olympics back in 2008 um, and being struck by how enormous the Nike store was. Kobe hmm. Bryant was the big the big star then in China. The NBA had really started getting involved in China during the Yao Ming years when Yao Ming was the all-star center for the Houston Rockets and Houston became China's team. And that's, I think, when the NBA really started um, making a huge impact on the country. And so by 2008, I think it was, it was pretty well firmly entrenched there, and it, and it has grown since as the NBA has, has uh, continued to grow.
2: And how have, you know, free speech issues, human rights issues factored into the NBA's growth in China?
5: Well, it's been a problem. We go back to 2019. More protests in Hong Kong today and tonight the conflict between demonstrators and police is impacting Houston. Daryl Morey was the general manager of the Houston Rockets, China's team, remember. And Daryl Morey tweeted in 2019, a tweet in support of uh, protesters in Hong Kong who were protesting uh, China policies.
4: The Rockets' GM tweeted a picture that read, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong.
5: And got the Houston Rockets and the NBA in big, big trouble. The NBA kind of did a dance at first. kind of came out a little bit sounding like it was throwing Daryl Morey under the bus but then they backtracked with with commissioner Adam Silver and he said no we never you know said that we were going to acquiesce totally to
0: profits the long held values of the NBA are to support freedom of expression and certainly freedom of expression by members of the NBA community and in this case Daryl Morey as the general manager of the Houston Rockets enjoys that right as one of our employees.
5: The NBA ended up losing hundreds of millions of dollars in Chinese business when Chinese broadcasters uh, refused to air NBA games, certainly Houston Rockets games. So it took a while to right the ship after that happened.
2: Didn't LeBron James factor into this story at some point too?
5: LeBron did. Um, he initially came out criticizing Daryl Morey.
2: I don't want to get into a, a feud with Daryl,
5: with um, Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on on, on the situation at hand, and um, and he spoke. And LeBron James was criticized for that, so it became this kind of tumbling political story where everyone was criticizing everyone else. But yeah, LeBron did have a say.
2: It got pretty sticky because LeBron has been an active spokesperson for, like, Black Lives Matter in the United States, but seem to not be terribly concerned with human rights in China. Is that fair?
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah.
2: Have other sports leagues run into these kinds of issues in China? Or is it just basketball and, and now tennis?
5: Well, interestingly, you know, uh, again in 2019, which was a a wild year for running afoul of the Chinese government, (laughs) the uh, Premier League in English soccer had an issue with with its great team, Arsenal. Once again, a prominent figure from the Western sporting world has become at the center of a political dispute involving China. When uh, its great player, Mesut Ozil, uh, came out um, with strong words um, in favor of the minority Uyghur population in China. Here, he claims that China has been burning copies of the Quran and closing down mosques in the far western province of Xinjiang. He also alleges that the ethnic Uyghur Muslims there, well, he says they are warriors resisting persecution from China. And strong words against China's treatment of the Uyghur minority, which the U.S. uh, government has labeled as genocide with forced sterilizations and imprisonments and, and family separation. Um, Ozil, again, tweeted the power of a tweet and ran into real trouble. And Arsenal moved quickly to distance itself, saying those are uh, Ozil's words, not ours. So again, we saw a league kind of falling over itself, trying to, you know, on the one hand, not totally throw its player or its representative under the bus, but being very cognizant of the important relationship, uh, largely business relationship, with China.
2: And that brings us back to this WTA decision yesterday, which It feels like the furthest any sports organization has gone to stand up against China.
5: Yeah, Sean, absolutely. It it, it is because it's, you know, it talked the talk. Now it is walking the walk. There are a number of organizations, sports organizations who are coming out and saying, hey, we support you. We think what you're doing is great. But no one else is removing their business from China and taking the economic hit. Because of that. So at this point, the WTA stands alone. And we we should add that it stands alone as in not even men's tennis
2: is going this far in China, right? It's just women's tennis.
5: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, men's tennis players, um, uh, principally Novak Djokovic.
2: I did hear about it uh, a week ago, and uh, it's honestly, it's shocking, you know, that that she's missing. I mean, uh, Have come out and spoken
5: uh, about the situation with uh, with Peng Shuai and spoken very forcefully and said, you know, we don't like what's going on and we do support the WTA. But yeah, uh, men's tennis has not done what the women's tennis tour has.
2: Why was it so important for the head of WTA, Steve Simon, to come out and take this forceful stance?
5: Steve Simon has said uh, in, in in statements, not just the statement um, where he announced the suspension of tournaments, but earlier statements as well, his organization represents women. And they are looking at the case of Peng Shuai as a Me Too moment in, in China, a very important Me Too moment. And, uh, matter of fact, Steve Simon, in an an interview uh, with the New York Times Wednesday, said something like, we can't walk away from sexual assault. We are not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's very important not just for the uh, alleged case of Peng Shui. It's important for all the members of the WTA. And the WTA stands for women athletes. It stands for women. That's the message it wants to get out. And that's why um, Steve Simon says, is taking such a forceful stance in, in this incident.
2: And he's taking this forceful stance mere weeks before the 2022 Winter Olympics are set to get underway in Beijing. What kind of impact might this situation with women's tennis and, and Peng Shui have on the upcoming games?
5: This is all speculation, but, you know, you are hearing from activists and China critics that... Um they hope this kind of steamrolls into something big. You know, the activist critics have long been going after China and its human rights record. And they see this as a possibility to to really get a message across and maybe just maybe create enough uh, momentum that it might force the Chinese government to budge on important issues um, related to human rights. So there is hope that the WTA stance will be emulated by other sports organizations, by business organizations, by Olympic sponsors, by Olympic athletes even. Mm. That's a big hope. You know, what we've seen in the past that China is um, not always willing to give in to Western opinion, and certainly, China's state-run media an editorial uh, said uh, about the WTA, it said the WTA had put on an exaggerated show with its action, you know, to pull its tournaments out. Hmm. It said it's bringing politics into women's tennis, it's opening a Pandora's box, and it is a betrayer of the Olympic spirit. So, you know, that sounds to me, and sounds to anyone reading that, that China may not be too open to listening uh, to the concerns about Peng Peng or too open to listening about really the bigger concerns that a lot of people have about human rights violations. And as we
2: heard earlier, the International Olympic Committee has also sort of been the middleman in this story. It's President Thomas Bach had a video call with Peng Shui uh, a few weeks ago. And then yesterday, the IOC had another call with her and it put out another vanilla statement saying she's fine. How are people responding to the IOC's involvement here.
5: They really got a lot of people mad in the way they were involved. And a lot of people were saying, well, this is just the IOC again rolling over and kind of kowtowing to its moneyed host, the country that will host its Olympics and that's going to pour billions of dollars um, in into IOC coffers, which to be fair to the IOC, the IOC takes a lot of the money it makes for Olympics and distributes it to national Olympic committees around the globe. I just had to get that blurb in there so the IOC <laughs> won't say Tom Goldman is being really unfair to us. But the fact is, um, the IOC has a history of You know, always saying we're not a political organization, but then kind of behind the scenes playing politics when it has to. The severe critics are taking us back to 1936, in fact, Hmm. and pointing to the way the IOC basically allowed Adolf Hitler to use the Berlin Olympics as a great propaganda tool. People are seeing similarities between that and how uh, China is being set up for these 2022 Olympics as a propaganda tool when there are a lot of bad things that are happening within that country. So I guess it remains
2: to be seen if the IOC can recover its credibility, especially in the case of Peng Shui. But it it feels like her initial... Me Too call-out of this high-ranking Chinese government official has forced all sorts of reckonings in international sports and even politics, be it in China, in, in the IOC, in international sports leagues, women's tennis, and, and even beyond. Do you think she had any idea that she might set off this sequence of events with this you know, initial letter posted to social media?
5: You know, in her initial social media post, which was quickly taken down, she had some language that basically spoke to, you know, this is not something you do in China without uh, paying consequences. There are a lot of people who think now that she is paying the consequences with what China uh, appears to be doing with her.
4: Even if I'm an egg throwing myself at a rock... Even if I'm a moth flying at a flame courting my own destruction, I will still speak the truth of us. With your IQ, I know you'll find ways to deny this or to turn this on me. You'll play with the world without consequence. When the time comes, after all you've done in this lifetime, will you be able to face your mother with peace of mind? Look how sanctimonious we all are.
2: Tom Goldman reports on sports for National Public Radio. Earlier in the show, you heard from John Wertheim. He's the executive editor of Sports Illustrated. Our show today was produced by Will Reed. He had some help from Halima Shah. It was edited by Matthew Collette and engineered by Paul Mounsey. Facts were checked by Laura Bullard. The rest of the Today Explained team includes Afim Shapiro, Victoria Chamberlain, Hadi Mawagdi, and Miles Bryan. Amina Sadi's our supervising producer. Liz Kelly Nelson is the Veep of Vox Audio. Jillian Weinberger's her deputy. We use music by Breakmaster Cylinder and sometimes Noam Hassenfeld. I'm Sean Ramos for him. Today Explained is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: Support for this episode of Today Explained came from Mint Mobile. Oh, huh, this isn't so hard. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month when you purchase three months. That's a good deal. Um, and at Mint, families started just two lines, unlike other providers who make you buy four or five lines to get the best rate. Goodness me, two lines. And here we are still paying for Jimbo's bill.
0: What are you doing in here? This is my room. Uh, nothing. Nothing. I'm doing nothing. Wait a minute. Are you recording? You're. Are you uh, recording? I'm almost done.
1: Just. Just let me finish. I'm on a roll. Okay. To get your new wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/slash-explained. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars required, equivalent to fifteen dollars a month. Right. That's fifteen times three. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Woo!
0: Woo! <laughs> okay, that was actually pretty good.